Good evening. Welcome to this evening's edition of the Richard Urban Show. I am your host, Richard Urban, coming to you from historic Harpers Ferry, West Virginia. Tonight's episode is The Great Fraud, The COVID-19 Agenda, Part 3, Co-Conspirators, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and Big Government. So we're going to uh, dive into this topic tonight. We're going to try to understand what's behind this whole um, you know, epidemic and this whole fraud that's going on, or the supposed pandemic and the fraud that's going on. Well, on January 16, 2019, the World Health Organization issued a report ranking vaccine hesitancy as one of the top 10 threats to global health in 2019. You didn't know the vaccine hesitancy was one of the top 12 threats? Well, that's what the World Health Organization says. The World Health Organization and the U.S. government are founding partners of Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance. In 2000, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation provided $750 million in seed money to spearhead the creation of Gavi, which is a public-private partnership and multilateral funding mechanism involving the WHO, the governments, the vaccine industry, the World Bank, philanthropic foundations, and civil society groups to improve access to new and underused vaccines for children living in the world's poorest countries is their stated mission. According to an article authored by the National Vaccine Information Center, the Gates Foundation has given Johns Hopkins more than $100 million in research grants since 2015 including for vaccine development and promotion. At the same time, Johns Hopkins University receives more than $2 billion per year in funding from U.S. government agencies, such as the National Institutes of Health and the National Science Foundation, to conduct research, including for vaccine development and vaccine use promotion. The National Institutes of Health and other federal agent health agencies give millions of dollars in tax payer dollars to academic institutions and vaccine manufacturers to improve vaccine technology, find new lucrative vaccine markets, and boost vaccine marketability. The U.S. government also partners with the Gates Foundation to develop and promote vaccine use. For example, in 2013, the CDC Foundation received three grants totaling $13.5 million from the Gates Foundation to globally advance implementation of meningitis and rotavirus vaccine programs. The Centers for Disease Control and the CDC Foundation have received more than $167 million from the Gates Foundation. Vaccine manufacturers have also received millions of dollars in grants from the Gates Foundation, including GlaxoSmithKline, over $50 million, Merck, $1.4 million, Pfizer, $16.5 million, and Sanofi, Pasteur, $3.6 million. So you see there's this huge um, conflict of interest between these organizations and giving unbiased information. In fact, the Johns Hopkins University ran Event 201 on October 18, 
2019. That was a simulation of a global pandemic caused by a coronavirus. That sounds very familiar, doesn't it? And the Gates Foundation and Bill Gates made clear that they wanted the coronavirus to be designated the, the uh, coronavirus disease or COVID-19 as a pandemic. Well, an announcement was made that their foundation, in addition to other groups, Wellcome and MasterCard, were giving $125 million to the World Health Organization related organization to create a COVID-19 therapeutics accelerator, i.e. to develop vaccines and other drugs, primary vaccines, to help spread the along, speed along the coronavirus treatments to the infected. This is according to an editorial in the Washington Times by Cheryl Chumley. So the day after that, the World Health Organization declared the um, situation a pandemic. What a coincidence. And um, Bill Gates, or the Gates Foundation, I should say, had donated $50 million to this effort. So we see that there's un this unholy alliance between the Gates Foundation especially and the um, governments because, you know, Bill Gates with a, about a hundred billion dollars net worth is definitely um, giving a lot of money to government agencies, by the way, including to uh, Mr. Fauci's agency, um, Dr. Fauci, who's on the, of course, President Trump's team, and to this John Hopkins University, which is one of the places where you'll immediately see they're tracking the crisis. What a coincidence. They were all set for it after their pandemic exercise just um, three months before the pandemic broke out, or two months, actually. I'd also like to further read, you know, from this article in on the National Vaccine Information Center website. To say that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has become an important actor in international development would be an understatement. When it comes to global health and agricultural policies, two of its key grant areas, the Bill and the Gates Foundation has become probably the most influential actor in the world. It is also likely that Bill Gates, who has regular access to world leaders and is in effect personally bankrolling hundreds of universities, international organizations, non-government organizations, media outlets, has become the single most influential voice in international development. But the Bill and the Gates Foundation's increasing global influence is not being subjected to democratic scrutiny. Unlike governments, which are formally accountable to their electorates, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is a private U.S. foundation and remains unaccountable to public bodies, except for tax reporting purposes. Even worse, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation appears to have bought the silence of academics, non-government organizations, and the media who might otherwise be expected to criticize aspects of the foundation's work. So now I'm going to play a clip where Bill Gates was on um, the da Daily Show and just two days ago on April 2nd. Well, the main tools we have right now are the behavioral change, the 
social distancing, which uh, often means staying at home most of the time, and the testing capacity to identify who in particular uh, needs to get isolated and then testing their contacts uh, to make sure that we can catch it so early that a lot of people who get sick don't infect anyone else. Now, you know, so our foundation is engaged in projecting uh, what's going to go on, the modeling. Uh, our partner IHME is, you know, telling each state what they should think about in terms of ventilators and uh, capacity. Further on out, the work we're doing now to find a therapeutic, a drug to reduce the disease, to cut the deaths down, you know, we're hopeful uh, that even in six months, some of those will have been approved. Uh, but the ultimate solution, the only thing that really lets us go back completely to normal and feel good about sitting in a stadium with lots of other people is to create a vaccine and not just take care of our country, but take that vaccine out to the global population and uh, so that we have vast immunity and this thing, no matter what, isn't going to spread in large numbers. Well, the little problem with that scenario is that a huge study in 2005 of 33 flu seasons showed that flu vaccine doesn't work. And this is a very similar vaccine for virus. And even the CDC says many years it's 30% effective. What they don't say is that they never tested to see if it prevented more in people or killed people. And in fact, the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System states that between 587 and 5,870, due to, you know, differences in underreporting, people per year die from the flu vaccine. And between 6,367 and 63,679 are seriously injured, requiring hospitalization. Great idea, Bill, not. Surely this man who's supposed to be so smart knows that studies show the flu vaccine doesn't work, and even those who claim that it doesn't work, it's extremely ineffective. How could that be a possible solution? And you're talking about vaccinating, presumably, all the children in the world who aren't even affected by this virus at all. Mr. Gates, that's extremely bad, if not criminal. There isn't a choice where you get to say to people, don't pay attention to this epidemic. Uh, you know, most people, uh, they have older relatives, you know, they're worried about getting sick. Uh, the idea of a normal economy is not there as a choice. You know, about 80% of people are going to change their activities. If you get the other 20% to go along with that nationwide, then the disease numbers come, will flatten hopefully in the next month, and start to go down, hopefully in the month after that. And then when they've gone down a lot, then in a tasteful way, using prioritized testing, you can start to reopen a lot of things like schools and work. Probably not sports events because the chance of mass spread there is, is, is quite large. Mm -hmm. And so to get back economically, uh, taking the pain extremely now and telling you know those who wouldn't uh, curb their activities no you must go along with the rest of society and not associate in a way that we have exponential increase in these cases uh, 
you know, that is the right thing, even though it's extremely painful. It's it's unheard of. And, you know, there are particular businesses that uh, it's catastrophic for. Mm -hmm. That's the only way you get so you can feel like you can say to the entire population, ideally in the early summer if things go well, yes, now please do resume. And we are, through testing, making sure that it won't uh, spread in some some very, very big ways. Wow, notice Mr. Gates' timeline. Two and a half or three months, we might be able to get back to work. Too bad for the businesses that'll catastrophically go out of business. I guess it won't bother Mr. Gates since he's a billionaire. What is this guy? He's a lunatic. This is a guy who's basically deciding our policies right now for many governments. This is insane. Who is this guy? This guy's a complete fraud. That's not a, a competent model. Absolutely not. As I was pointing out yesterday, real death rate is not any higher than usual. Show us the real death rates, Mr. Gates. And these models are developed by people who are afraid to speak the truth. And we're going to talk more about that in the future episodes. And who are on the government payroll or who are universities who are paid by the government. This is absolutely crazy, insane, and wrong. Stop the craziness. Sadly, at some level of wealth, there'll be countries that no matter how hard they try, they will have a widespread epidemic. And so, again, sadly, the richer countries that do contain the epidemic will not allow people from those countries to come in, you know, unless they are quarantined or tested or, or prove they're immune. Uh, and so this is going to stop people going across borders very dramatically these next few years till we get to that full vaccination. Within the United States is different because we're not going to partition the country. Uh, and so therefore, we are all in it together. We can't do what we're going to do with foreign nationals, which is reduce the numbers a lot and have very strict screening there. We're not going to have at every state border, you know, some complex quarantine center. Uh, and, and so the whole country needs, even when you have small numbers, because those can exponentiate to big numbers so quickly, you know, the doubling time is like three days when you're still behaving uh, in the pre-epidemic way. Uh, so, you know, each country, uh, you know, has to get the entire populace, even some who who uh, initially resisted, mm -hmm. uh, maybe for very good reasons, because the economic effect on them uh, is, is strong. So this is powerful medicine, but if you take a big dose of it earlier, you, you don't have to take it for nearly as long. And governments will eventually come up with lots of money for these things, but they don't know where to direct it, they can't move as quickly. And so because you know, our foundation has such deep expertise in infectious diseases. We've thought about the epidemic. We did fund some things uh, to be more prepared, like a, a vaccine effort. Uh, our early money can accelerate things. So for example, there's, uh, of all the vaccine constructs, the seven most promising of those, even though we'll end up picking at most two of them, we're gonna fund factories for all seven. and just so that we don't waste time in 
serially saying, okay, which vaccine works, and then building the factory. Because to get to the best case uh, that people like myself and Dr. Fauci are saying is about 18 months, we need to do safety and efficacy and build manufacturing, uh, and they're different for the different constructs. And so we'll abandon, you know, it'll be a few billion dollars we'll waste on manufacturing for the constructs that don't get picked because something else is better. But a few billion in this, the, the situation we're in, where there's trillions of dollars, that's a thousand times more, uh, trillions of dollars being uh, lost economically, it is worth it. And normal government procurement processes and understanding which are the right seven, you know, in a few months, those may kick in. But our foundation, you know, we can get that bootstrapped and get it going uh, and, you know, save months because every month counts. You know, things can reopen if, thing, if, if, if we do the right things in the summer, but it won't be completely normal. You'll still be very worried. You know, we may decide masks are important, although right now they're in short supply for health workers, so people should not uh, go and, and hoard those. But the capacity of that can be brought up, so it may be something that, like China today, everybody's standing which are the right seven. You know, in a few months, those may kick in. But our foundation, you know, we can get that bootstrapped and get it going uh, and, you know, save months because every month counts. You know, things can reopen if, thing, if, if, if we do the right things in the summer, but it won't be completely normal. You'll still be very worried. You know, we may decide masks are important, although right now they're in short supply for health workers, so people should not uh, go and, and hoard those. But the capacity of that can be brought up, so it may be something that, like China today, everybody who's walking around uh, is is wearing one of those. We'll have a lot of unusual measures mm-hmm. until we get the world vaccinated. You know, seven billion people—that's a tall order. Mm-hmm. But it is it is where we need to get to, uh, uh, despite a lot of things in between now and then to minimize the damage. Well, this is a naturally caused epidemic, and as bad as it is, it looks, if you have reasonable treatment, to have a 1% fatality. There could be epidemics that are worse than that, including uh, ones that aren't naturally caused that are a form of bioterrorism. But I do, one thing I feel good about is this is such a big uh, change to the world that this time, it won't be like Ebola, which was just there in West Africa or Central Africa. This time, the tens of billions to have the diagnostic standing by, the vaccine manufacturing standing by, this time we will uh, get ready for the next epidemic. Wow. Well, that, those are some very amazing statements from Bill and Melinda Gates. Also, keep in mind that this is a person, Bill Gates, as he's saying, he believes a vaccine is going to be the thing that's going to save the world. Bill Gates is our new savior, according to what we're hearing now. And Mr. Gates just said in the Washington Post, let's see, two days ago or three or four days ago this week, that he wants the whole country shut down. And Bill Gates wants to vaccinate every child in the world. He stated that. That's his goal which is a little ironic 
well, I mean, it's, it's ironic to begin with. Also, we have to understand that Bill Gates has now just recently in the last couple of weeks resigned from his board position at Microsoft in Berkshire Hathaway so he can focus on his foundation goals. Well, we should be very concerned about that. He's basically bought the World Health Organization, which actually is an agency of the United Nations. Bill Gates is a supporter of Planned Parenthood, of abortion. He's a supporter of depopulation, reducing population. He says that the reason he wants everyone vaccinated, especially in poor countries, is all the children vaccinated, is so that by increasing child health, then mothers will be more confident in their children living, and therefore they'll have less children. Hmm, does that make sense? Uh, I don't think that's actually a proven theory. It's certainly debatable. So it's on the edge of saying basically that he wants to kill the children. Now, I know some people are going to jump on down and say, Bill Gates didn't say that, but put these pieces of information together. Bill Gates is on record as telling President Trump that he should not um, investigate vaccine safety and even mentions Robert Kennedy Jr. in that um, video clip. And so, therefore, he doesn't want vaccine safety investigated. And if you've listened to my show, you know that vaccines have never been shown to be more safe than detrimental and that the DTP vaccine used throughout the developing world and paid for by Mr. Gates Foundation kills thousands of children. So put these two together. He wants to vaccinate every child. He doesn't want to investigate vaccine safety. He has a, a controversial, if not strange, belief that somehow reducing, increasing child, decreasing child mortality will make more women want to have less children in the developing world. Uh, that's not, I think, a widely accepted uh, phenomenon. Anyway, you can see that Mr. Gates is not a godly man since he's for abortion and depopulating the world and also for using vaccines that kill people. Now, I know he didn't say directly he wanted to kill children with vaccines, but we have to assume that Mr. Gates, as wise as he is, should have read these studies that came out in 2003 that clearly told that the vaccines that he's selling, or rather paying for, kill children. And you know what? He doesn't give a hoot about that. So now we're getting a better picture of what is behind this current crisis. You could almost say it's Mr. Gates, but it's not only Mr. Gates, although it's, he's a huge factor, but Mr. Gates in collusion with bought-off universities, bought-off professors, and bought-off government officials and departments, including Mr. Fauci. This is extremely dangerous. As President Eisenhower warned us 50 years ago in his farewell address that there should not be an unholy alliance between big government, government giving big grants to science and influencing science, and on the other hand, which is happening too, they give huge money and it's very pro-vaccine, pro-vaccine. Pro you know, pro-big pharma. And then the other hand, you have elites like Mr. Gates giving big money the other way and pushing the agenda. So it's going both ways, and they're both extremely dangerous. 
and even to the spiritual health of our nation. That was even mentioned by President Eisenhower. So we are in a spiritual crisis that I mentioned in the first um, installment. Mr. President, open the country now. Governor Justice here in West Virginia, open the state now. Mr. Gates is a criminal in the sense that he's pushing an agenda without scientific data. If he's so concerned about children, why doesn't he want safety studies for vaccines? I assure you he's not concerned about children. What about his plans to virtually force vaccinate everybody? Have digital certificates telling if you're vaccinated or not? Have the country shut down? Well, it won't affect Mr. Gates too much. Did you see his timeline there? He's saying repeatedly, in the, right in that video, that, oh, maybe we can reopen in June. Well, hello, that's three months from now. Maybe, partially. And he's got this scenario, you know, like that. That is insane. Stop. No one should listen to this man, but yet he's buying off all these organizations. Buying them off. Killing children, literally, by promoting vaccines that are known to be harmful. Yes, literally killing children. He's a liar. Liar, liar. And he's saying, and he's definitely on record for depopulation. And he, he pays for vaccines that knowingly kill children and it's been clearly recorded at least for one vaccine and the others it hasn't been recorded as much because they never do any safety studies. Go figure. But for one, the DTP is clearly recorded in Guinea-Bissau and other countries that's killed thousands of children and the malaria trials are now killing thousands of children. Do you hear Mr. Gates jumping up and down about that? No, he's for depopulation. It's quite okay. I know some people are going to eviscerate me for that, but that's okay. Go right ahead. You should be eviscerating Mr. Gates, not me. So, now we see the unholy alliance that's behind this gigantic fraud. Mr. Gates, we will not let you perpetrate fraud. Do you really think in this technology age you're going to get away with this stuff? No, you will not. We're going to open the country up. Mr. Trump, open the country now. Mr. Justice, open the country now. Do more testing. As I said, compare real morbidity rates. No more people are dying now than this time last year. In fact, perhaps less. No more people are in hospitals than, in general than there usually are. This is massive fraud. So, I am Richard Urban. I'm reporting to you from historic Harpersbury, West Virginia. I thank you for joining us tonight for part three of the great fraud, the COVID-19 agenda. Co-conspirators, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and Big Government, thank you. We'll see you tomorrow night, and do be blessed.